Are you really trying gonna, to sing? What I am is what I am. Oh, that song. You know that yeah, damn yeah, song? Yeah. What I have is what I have. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I'm not. We're, okay, that is so, we've that is so going at the front of the podcast. To backup karaoke. What I have is what I have. If you don't have a way to restore what you have, you don't have it. I cannot evangelize that enough. You could restore it all. Welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I am your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. With me again is my guest co-host, Ben Patridge. Uh, he has been in the industry for over 25 years, like myself. Ouch! Been in uh, storage uh, much of that time, has worked for companies like HDS and Isilon, and now... On top of his day job, he makes YouTube videos where he reviews beers, PortlandBeerBin.com. Make sure to check that out. And by the way, this is a beer and backup episode. Exactly. This, so is, our, we this have, is our second beer right. and backup episode. I apologize for the slurring, but we're trying to have some fun <laughs> and be as transparent about the technology as we can. Yeah, and transparent of the fact that we're drinking large bottles we have finished the west mall trappist ale right triple we moved on to the what the west mall trappist ale double we went to wolf liquor seeking a, a, a few beers right here and backup and we found these west mall oh. we're probably completely mispronouncing that but so our last episode we talked about you know important you know how important it is to backup data we we gave right. a couple of sad stories and we mentioned how that you and i both got some of our early days by working at banks. Now you, yep. worked, you worked at WAMU, Washington Mutual, which before it was acquired by Chase. Yes, right? Chase and Money Around. I worked at MBNA. Which, you worked at MBNA? Yeah, okay. which at the time was the second largest credit card company, second only to Citibank. Ooh. And we got acquired by Bank of America okay. after I left. But some things I learned from being at a bank. Right. right? Which, which oh I think, my God. Which I think haven't really changed. So there no, was the no, oh, there was the no. OCC, right? The Office of Com Office Controller of, of Currency. Right. Office they of Controller come in Currency, if yes. they didn't like what you were doing. They will audit a, you and they will shut everything yeah, down. They're, they're like tomorrow you're not a bank. Today you're a bank, tomorrow you're not a bank. And so we lived exactly. in this constant fear right. of of audits, right? We would do multiple audits a year. We had we had to prove that we had the ability to recover data. Uh, and as our environment got more complex, that requirement didn't change. So I started out with seven 3B2s and like five or six Ultric systems. To that, we added True64, we added SunOS, we added right. Solaris, we added AIX. So they were definitely growing towards the direction of the best of breed at that time. I think we, we were just breeding. We, <laughs> there, was, there was no best. We literally had... All of they, the operating So, so you're saying they were the bank rabbits of the time, yeah, and they we were, were the just bank, kind of we bank, bank rabbits, rabbits, and they were the just, time. okay, fair enough. But the lessons that I learned, one of the reasons why I got so good at backup was that we were, as I recall, we were 12,000 employees. Right. And any one of those 12,000 employees could call up on any day of the week to the help desk and could say, please restore this file. Right. 
when we installed our first commercial backup system, when, mm -hmm. I, when I joined, it was, you know, it was shell scripts. Oh, yeah. And uh, as we grew, the shell scripts became less and less capable, and we needed to buy a commercial right. backup system. Right. So we Something bought powerful. Right. a product called SMARC, uh, which was from a company called Software Moguls in okay. Minnetonka, Minnesota. Min we bought this that. commercial piece of software. I had implemented their, uh, they had a new, a new feature, it was called compression. And the idea was that they would compress the backups before they were written to tape. Okay. Never mind the fact we had tapes that had compression built in. But anyway, so they would compress the files before they were written to tape. And then we, and, and this, is, this is the first time I really learned the value of testing your restores. True. That's what we're we all about. We had backing up, backing up, backing up, backing up. Right. And then now, so my, my friend came to me. Hi, Gonda. Uh, shout this, out to Gonda. Hey, shout out, shout out to Gonda. Uh, Gonda came to me and said, hey, um, how were backups of HPFS01 last night? And I said, um, fine. Fine, I think. Why? Did they work? Yeah, so um, we, need to, we need to restore some data. So long story short, Ghana had written, had been tasked, she was a consultant at the time, had been tasked with cleaning up her home directories. Mm -hmm. And they asked her to write a program that looked in, that would walk the directory tree and, and then discover, so let's say I'm C, I'm Curtis Preston. So my home directory would be C Preston. Right. You find C Preston, you look in the password file. Is C Preston in the password file? No, delete C Preston. That was the script that she was tasked. She was missing one <clears throat> minor detail. The full structure was home one slash C slash C Preston. So she started at home one. She got to home one A. She looked up for the username A in the yeah. password directory. <laughs> she didn't find A, and so she removed all of A. She removed everything yeah. in yeah, A. She, she figured this out somewhere in the middle of the alphabet. And so we needed to restore, and I showed up with my um, with my new SMR backup tapes. I was very excited, mm -hmm. and we kicked off the restore. And I watched the DDS two tape drives kick off, mm -hmm. and I'd watch it go blink, 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 blink. Yep. <laughs> and what it was was they were restoring the file that was compressed. Right. They'd restore the file into temp, then they'd uncompress it in place. And then they'd move it to where it needed to go, and they'd do this one file at a time. It was a horrible feature as, as implemented. And the reason I didn't know how horrible it was is because why? Because I had never tested my restores. Right. So this is when I learned, you know. Um, so the beautiful thing about being at a bank was that we got lots of restores, so you got good at restoring your data, and you knew how important it was to understand how your systems work. I know what, can you think of? Oh my God. When I think about the banking environment, for example, I spend a lot of time in that space and they have a lot of times where they have a need to restore crucial information within a very certain amount of what's called a restore time objective that they have to meet in terms of these are crucial amounts of information that they cannot afford to lose. And then there's of course the sales pitch as far as what the salespeople think they should restore to. But what I'm saying is like, you cannot lose customer account information. You cannot lose customer personal information. You cannot afford to lose that. And if you can have something like that, it's quantifiable that you can actually look at. You can look at it online. You can look at it from a perspective where you can say, okay, 
I have this amount of data that is on my systems in general that I can restore here. It gives you the security that you need that is that it's going to continue to scale forward. That's something that's invaluable because whether it's the banking environment or the video environment, it's something that is, is very crucial to most environments. And being an IT person, Curtis and I have always been kind of, and I'm hoping most of you who listen and I'll keep talking are IT people who have some sort of sense when it comes to technical stuff. We all tend to understand that there's a lot of managers who don't necessarily understand how this stuff works. It's just how it goes. It's interesting when we talk about being back at the bank. Right. I spent, I spent a few years at the bank. What, even being there for three years and focusing entirely on backup, I had to leave that world right. to learn the terms RTO and RPO. So you, exactly. you brought that up. Exactly. That's what so I was just, trying so to let's get just right. Let's just talk about that. So recovery time objective. Recovery time objective. Recovery point objective. Right? Point objective, right. So RTO is the, the time that we agree we should be able to restore it. Exactly. Right? Uh, and then recovery point objective is the amount of time the amount of data from a time perspective that we say is acceptable to lose. Exactly. Right? What? Yeah. There's. You know. When you have an outage, nobody. Of course, every single person in any sort of environment never wants to lose data. But when you look at it from a higher level perspective, there are. There is a certain amount of point where the managers and executives can say, "Okay, we can afford to lose." One day, two days, maybe three or four days of data. Have you ever had an executive say that they can lose three days worth of data? Well, actually, yeah. Um, so I worked when I, I had several different interactions working at Harmonic with Technicolor, where we had situations where a uh, the media grid storage product. It's a very good storage product in terms of accessibility for vi for uh, for video and everything. But there were cases whereby we had a couple unfortunate catastrophic failures primarily due to the fact that what I call Murphy's Law and what I mean by that which is another reason why I say certain vendors that start with the D can be advantageous um, this is a situation where customers had not upgraded their systems according to the best practices they had not maintained the disks according to best practices they did not make sure that they were not in a compromised RAID set environment according to best practices and then, and they did not have the staff who understood how to look at the system according to best practices. And it's just a matter of reality versus expectation. The reality is that at this juncture in time, this customer had a difficult amount of time getting certain technical people to understand how the system worked. And so they didn't really necessarily look at it. So when things crashed, they crashed hard. And so we ended up in several situations where things were going fine and they had a major outage that lost them like two plus you know, days of data. And so I was on a conference call with, with you know, the, the manager, the director and the VP and they said, okay, we understand what happened. They accepted responsibility. They were able to say, look, as long as we can restore back to one to two days, we will be able to archive things from tape because that is our thing and we can take it from there. So yes, it does happen. It's not ideal, yeah. right. <laughs> but it but, does happen. But here's the thing: if if you if you sit down, let's say outside of a failure situation, especially right. at a bank, if you're sitting right. down with the design and implementation from an objective standpoint, uh, and I mean objective from the word RTO and RPO. Exactly. When you ask the typical customer, how long do you want to restore to take, and how much data do you want to lose? 
The answer is zero. Zero. And zero. It's always zero and zero. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, so, but, you, but, you but, but, that, that but that's when the discussion, right? because I think it's a really important discussion point in the terms of every customer is always going to say zero. And you have to understand that there's going to be a certain factor of reality that will step in unless you have certain mechanisms in place. And so, well, the thing is you can do zero and zero, right? You can do zero and zero. It's just going to cost you $1 billion. Exactly. As, I, as I put my pinky up to my, right? There are, you know. Hopefully the listeners have seen Austin Powers and they know the $1 billion reference because. So uh, there are, there are products. Right. There are products. Zero, yeah. An RTO of zero and an RTO Absolutely. of zero. I would argue that that in most cases, even in a banking scenario is probably not required, right? Something in the minutes is acceptable. Right. right. No, I agree with right. that. If, I think, if, right. If, no, if I agree. zero cost me a billion dollars and 20 minutes cost me $10,000, I, I probably would do the $10,000 option for those difference. And, that, and obviously that's an extreme. So specifically talking but, about the banking environment, I agree with that. I feel like the banking environment is very dynamic. The banking environment is dynamic based on certain times of day. And, 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 and at those certain times of day when it's crucial, like when they release the account numbers and there's updates and there's checking accounts that come in and there's, and, and most banks typically as users know, you know, when all of a sudden you look at your account and you think everything's fine and then a certain deposit goes through at 245 and you're wondering why do I have no money? That's because every, every bank has their certain job that runs at a certain amount of time. And so at those certain amounts of time, as long as they can match their recoverability based on the time when they run their f major functions, that will be critical for the banking environment. We're talking about a way to, for the banks to make more money. The banks will make more money if they have the ability to restore information that happens when Murphy rears its ugly head. Murphy. Murphy's Murphy, law. Murphy works in a lots of in a lot of IT departments. Have you, have you worked with Murphy? I've worked, I've worked with Murphy. My very first job at IT. This is actually before I worked at MBA. Right. My very first job at IT. We were installing a, a phone system at a, which was based on Unix, and I was just a trainee. I was just sitting there watching, and I watched this guy put in this phone system, and it took us two weeks of custom on-site work to implement this this Unix-based phone. It was an automated call management system. You right. might call it an auto dialer. Before we were to leave, we were to run a nine track backup tape of the OS and all the customizations we had made to said OS. So he was getting ready to do that. And he looked in the root directory and he saw that there was a file in the root directory that started with question mark. Somebody had fat fingered this file and so he decided to remove this file so he ran the question from the root directory he no rm minus r okay so question, question mark star okay. so all right so for those Which people are, for those people i have to interject oh my god this hurts my soul <laughs> for those people who are listening who do not understand the way a linux system works when you use a question mark or an asterisk, it's basically saying everything. So if you're at the very base it's, level it's directory, a, and you, it's a wild card for yeah. everything and anything and no holds barred. So yeah. if you're at a root level directory and you do an RM, which is for remove, dash F, which means forcefully, and you include a question mark. And dash R, he added the and R. And R, which, which means recursive. recursive. Yeah. 
then you're in it's the analogy of if you're a married or person in a situation with a significant other and you tell the other one that they're ugly and they're fat. <laughs> you hear the the earth stops spinning. There is no you hear the record skip. There's no way around it. There's no <laughs> way to fix it. You've just screwed the pooch. There's no, there's no turning back. <laughs> there's that no point. turning and back. And mind you, he did this just before taking the backup as I made right. quotes in the air, right? Um, and uh, yeah, and it was just before I, I went on to the world of of uh, working at the bank. So can you can you think of any sort of I don't know last minute ideas that you remember lessons you learned from the banking days of things that you would pass on that would be beneficial to other people? Okay, yeah. Well, the one thing I would take I would take away is and this and this is actually as germane as it is in 2019. I have a very good relationship with a lot. I mean, I'm. Portland, Bear Bend, I'm in Portland, Oregon, based out of Hillsborough and Beaverton, that area. So I have a lot of friends at First Tech Credit Union. I don't get money for this, but they're really my favorite credit union. And I have a lot of friends there who work there and they have a good infrastructure. And I think like in their case, you know, they've, they've kind of got it right where they understand the fact that backups and restore are important. So they're kind of a very anomaly in the words, in the world of banking and uh, data recovery as opposed to some of the larger banks that I've gone to such as well, I don't want to give a name but some of the larger ones that I've I, I've still continued to have people that I've worked with where sometimes some of the red tape doesn't allow the IT people the ability to 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 explain that um, the account information the systems the virtualization of some of because most of the time most bank environments that you have run virtual machines in each individual teller that has a vm somewhere on house that uploads that information to a main data center that from there either is uploaded to the cloud or some other place it's kind of like a two what i would call a three-tier backup environment first tier starts off at the branch second tier involves somewhere in the back office, which is usually a closet, depending on how well they panned it out. Third tier involves the primary co-location data center, and then from there they go to the cloud. And so that's good and all, but if there's not a mechanism in place to be able to restore that within a certain amount of time, that is the part that I still feel is missing. I feel like in 2019, Everybody understands disks are cheap. You know, it used to be expensive for a hard drive. They understand disk arrays are, are, are not as expensive as they used to be for network attack storage, storage area network. And so people tend to, are falling on this falsehood belief that just because I write something to disk, it's safe. So I think, you know, having multiple different mechanisms is important so that's the main thing i would say is something that's crucial for people to, re to remember today and, and specifically i think the cloud environment affords that for uh if you can decide what your rpo and rto objective objectives are what what i would say is you know when i look at a couple of old people like yourself and myself Thank, I, I appreciate that yeah um <laughs> <clears throat> You've got more gray than me. 
But you've got more hair than me. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so. Yes, I am bald for the users. I'm the uh, bald black guy from Portland, Oregon. So you and I grew up, again, you know, technically we grew up, we grew up in the days. With basically pre-Linux. Pre-Linux. But BSD we grew up units. in the days of lawn darts and, sing and single disc storage systems, right? It, yeah. Everything was crazy. Yeah. Right? So, but here's the thing. Five and a quarter, five and a quarter, baby. Five and a quarter. Five full, and a quarter floppy, night. baby. And for the record, when I moved into the data center, when I got my first real job, uh, they pulled out, literally the day I got my job, they pulled out <clears throat> the last of the disc packs, uh, which is something that preceded disc, disc drives. Um, research those, feel free. Anyway. My point is, we grew up in the world when data, when a database was run on a disk, not a disk array, not a virtual volume where we had RAID and all that kind of stuff. We grew up in the days of disk, which meant that right. when you lost a disk, you lost the database. Right. Which meant that we had to be really good at restoring stuff because it happened all the time. Right. The current you know, generation of IT people have grown up in the world of RAID arrays uh, and flash storage, which is a thousand times more reliable than spinning disk drives. And so I, I don't think that they are as afraid, you know, they haven't had to do the number of restores that, that you and I have had to do back in the day. And so I don't think they're as afraid. So I guess the thing is that because modern day storage from a RAID array perspective and a flash drive perspective. Modern day storage is a thousand times more reliable than it was when yes. you and I Agreed. were Agreed. cutting our teeth technically. Agreed. And so Agreed. they don't get this sort of fear of losing their data the way they have. And I think maybe they should go talk to <laughs> some of these old people and, and think of some of the ways where their data could be deleted and don't look at us like we're crazy when we throw out things like rogue admins and hacking and ransomware. And, you know, one of the things, one of the phrases I like to quote is, you know, uh, there are more things in this heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. And there are more ways to delete your data and corrupt your data than you're currently thinking about it. You don't. Don't think you know it all. There are things that happen sometimes, you know, and yeah. and it's part of Murphy's law, and all that comes into the to the equation when you're looking at how can I maximize not come bringing this back centric is how can I maximize my ability to understand what I have is what I have, and what was that eighty songs? What I am is what I am. You know, there was I don't I'm, remember the eighties. What I am. Are you really trying gonna, to sing? <laughs> what I am is what I am. Oh, that song. You know that yeah, damn yeah, song. Yeah. What I have is what I have. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not. We're, okay, that is so, we've that is so going the into front backup, of the podcast. The backup karaoke. What I have is what I have. If you don't have a way to restore what you have, you don't have it. I cannot evangelize that enough. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of this episode of Beer and Backup. Thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, I am again your your host, W. Curtis Preston, and with me again is Ben Patridge, baby, baby. Which is uh, and again, he's 
Portland Beer Ben, right? Yep, that's me, baby. PortlandBeerBen.com. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe at uh, Restore It All, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. System isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. It'll be completely done Maybe